Welcome to the Econ Dev Show. We explore the strategies, ideas, and insights that are driving economic development forward into the future. You'll hear new insights from passionate EDs about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from attraction and retention experts about how to apply actionable strategies inside your EDO. We'll help take your organization, your community, and your career to the next level. Here's your host, Dane Carlson. Our episode today is brought to you by Cathode Ray Media. Cathode Ray is a full-service marketing agency that connects government organizations to their communities. Visit cathoderay.com, that's K-A-T-H-O-D-E-R-A-Y.com to learn more or ask for a free no-obligation consultation. Welcome back to the Econ Dev Show. Today we're here with Carl Heck. He's the president and CEO of the Franklin Southampton Economic Development in Franklin, Virginia. Carl, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So Franklin Southampton, that is a that is a mouthful. Is that a economic development organization? Is that a public-private thing? Or is that, what is that? We are a public-private partnership that serves the city of Franklin and Southampton County and the western part of the Hampton Roads region of Virginia, along the North Carolina border. Parts of Southampton County are actually closer to Richmond than they are to what people consider Hampton Roads, Norfolk, and Virginia Beach, and that kind of thing. So we kind of straddle those two areas, but we are part of the Hampton Roads region. And we have about 26,000 people between the city and the county. It's a big area for peanuts and cotton out in the county. Um, Franklin was the longtime home, so to speak, of the Union Camp International Paper Company. had a big mill, Mm -hmm. closed down, partially reopened, and we're heavy in the paper industry in this area, along with forestry and agriculture. Gotcha. So are you the farthest county out in the Hampton Roads MSA? Yes, going west, yes. We are the, we are the end of... Franklin Southampton just became part of the MSA in 2018. Until then, we weren't part of the MSA, so it's kind of worked its way out. For people that have familiarity, people have heard of like Norfolk and Virginia Beach, so it's worked its way out. Um, going west to Suffolk, which has become a bigger city in our region. So that's, and then a lot of our people go to Suffolk. So as they become a center city, it's reached out to those two counties. So that that's how it works. And going up the other way, it includes Williamsburg and James City County up on the peninsula. And historically, it's been sort of, like you said, paper, peanuts, and cotton, huh? Yeah, we're very, we have the most, um, agricultural land of any county in Virginia, over 147,000 acres. So yeah, we're number one in peanuts, we're number one in cotton. This is about as far north as those crops can go, you know, and still work because it basically takes the whole growing season here. We're just north of the, you know, North Carolina border. So the, um, given that the climate's, you know, more humid and you know, coastal here, that there's enough here to have a growing season for those those things. So they're a major providers of employment and kind of the Virginia peanut model. That's, that's where they come from, the jumbo yeah, peanuts okay. that people use for a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Sure. That makes sense. And then um, you mentioned the, the <coughs> mill, the paper mill. When did that close? 2009. Um, Franklin basically was founded as, you know, 
the camp family, which still has a big presence here through the foundation that is one of our funders, as well as a lot of community activities. They founded Camp Paper, which eventually merged with Union Bag to become Union Camp in the okay. 50s and 60s, and that was headquartered in Franklin as well. So Franklin was a headquarters community, and you see it with a lot of executives and that kind of thing. And that international paper bought Union Camp. Right. And the community became more of a plant community. And then when <clears throat> the mill closed, as everybody calls it here, there was a couple thousand people that worked here. So I mean, it was a devastating oh my. You know, loss here of high-income employment and that kind of thing. And then three years later, the mill reopened partially. So there's what they had, what they call six paper machines were there in its heyday. And now there's one they make. They make a product called fluff paper that's used in like, tissue and insulation, that kind of thing. So there's about 300 people there. There's a, about as many in other paper-related businesses and lumber-related businesses that have moved to that complex. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's, it's, it was a big adjustment, obviously, to come to have that happen. And the community has you know, worked its way through the adjustments. Part of what happened as a result is the Franklin Business Center, the building that our organization operates that has 40,000 square feet of incubator space and 37 businesses with about 200 employees that work out of here as an <clears throat> entrepreneurial-led effort and then our efforts to um, you know, bring new industries into town as well. Sure. And how long have you been there? Um, it'll be two years next month. Okay. Yeah, I came from upstate New York where I worked in several counties up there before I moved down here two years ago. Started here the first day of August 2021. Oh, wow. Okay. So relatively new in this position. What are your goals? What are your, what's your mandate? What are you working on? Well, we work on a wide variety of things. Obviously, we have, we have the incubator so that we have gotten that full since I got here. It's like it typically ran about 70% full and we've had it at 100% full at least some of the time since I've been here. It's We have 40,000 square feet. So I mean, that, that's a lot for a community our size to have a new business Absolutely. incubating and people can stay here up to seven years, which we're looking at. And, you know, we've migrated 26 businesses out to the community and over the course of that time, which has been 18 years since the incubator uh -huh. <clears throat> was founded and then we was rebranded as the Franklin Business Center. We market industrial parks, both in the city and the county. Um, most of the city's industrial park we sold in 2021 to Global Concentrate, a juice manufacturer that's starting to work their way in here. That's a $121 million capital investment that we're really excited about. See move that's ahead. Cool. And then we've had a number of prospects out in the county parks, too. We have, like, three county parks, and we're working on getting more land. Um, given where we are, we've seen an explosion in kind of logistics, warehouse kind of businesses. Suffolk, our next-door neighbor, there's a park called Centerpoint, which it's about 15 miles from Franklin and has mm -hmm. about 9 million square feet of logistics space. And they keep building more, you know, it's like that Amazon came to Suffolk just recently and they hired 5,000 people, you know, we were wondering where they were going to get the 5,000 people, but they seem to be finding them. I mean, 
that's that's a big emphasis for us as well as kind of manufacturers that relate to that because I mean we have mm -hmm. products that go out on the ships too the logs the you know agricultural sure. products as well so the trade and all that is is a major part of everybody in Hampton Roads but it's coming this way. Well, that's good. You're in the path of predictable growth. You know, never bet against that. No, it's true, and it's like we're starting. You know, um, Suffolk. The last time something came up, it got a four-three vote. So we kind of see that. You know, the, that area is getting a little saturated. So we're kind of next up in both directions. Sure. And topography is that <clears throat> US fifty-eight runs east and west along the Virginia border, more or less. Mm -hmm. And then Route 460 goes from the port to Richmond. Sure. And then you got 95, so they kind of form a triangle. So our niche is kind of people that are looking for access to all of those because we have connections to all of those. We're closer to 95 because there's still a lot of truck-based logistics, you know, people that use traditional okay. stuff as well as the port kind of thing. And you know, emphasizing rail sites as well. It's like we're multimodal in every form of transportation. We have four-way access to pretty much anywhere. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, I'd imagine it's it's rather different than upstate New York. And the environment's different. There's more growth, obviously. You know, it's um, yeah. You know, there's more opportunity, like the the poor and all that. I mean, we are people have been moving south, obviously, and since the pandemic. Right. You know, we're seeing more and more of that in all the southern communities. So that I would say that's the biggest difference is the level of opportunities. There's more regional cooperation here. We're all in a <clears throat> Virginia, pretty much all the counties are in a region of some sort. We're affiliated with the Hampton Roads Alliance. There's many other ones in Virginia. So mm -hmm. economic development functions that way, which is, which is different than it was in New York. Well, that's good. Yeah, that sounds good. The other interesting thing about you is your participation in chess. I thought that was so interesting. So talk to us about that and, and tell us about your, your chess prowess. I like a class A player. I mean, I, I work more these days on the directing arbiter side. So that, uh -huh. I mean, since I've gotten here, that's actually one thing that came out of the pandemic. I started working bigger events and we had online events that... Um, so I've gotten more in the international side as well as U.S. chess, which I've been involved with since I was 14. But I recently became a FIDE arbiter, which is kind of the second level of okay. working the tournaments. And, yeah, some of the, you know, conflict resolution, that kind of thing does cross over to. Yeah, that's what I was going to you know, ask. What you're doing. What are, yeah, what are the crossovers? Yeah, that, that's one of them. You know, you, you yeah. have to see things from different perspectives and that kind of thing. When you're working in a community, you definitely have – that's a skill that really helps you, you know, sure. knowing your weaknesses and working on them and not you know, just emphasizing your you – know, obviously, you want to promote your strengths, but you got you to gotta know the other side of the story and, you know, being able to plan and – you know, kind of work ahead. You know, it's a skill that you learn within the time limits that you're given. Right. Yeah, that's very applicable to economic development. You know, you have deadlines that you have absolutely no control over and you're weak in certain areas and you're strong in other areas and you have to just play to your strengths and try to work to minimize your weaknesses. So, yeah. No, that's absolutely important. And it's like the, those events keep getting bigger and bigger too. It's like the chess boom during the pandemic. It was something people could do indoors in their mm -hmm. houses. Membership in U.S. chess is up 
30% almost since the last two years. So that, you know, coming out of that and then the Queen's Gambit TV show was a big. Oh, sure. That helped. Yeah. That was a big boost too. So so I was still in New York. We actually got contacted for that. None of our players made it, but you know, it's like there was. Oh, well, that's still, that's good though. Yeah. They reached out. I still have that email. It's like, we're doing this show. It's like, yeah, it turns out, it turned out to be like, yeah a massive thing you know yes i just find it so interesting because you know my kids are all gen z and all their friends they're all into chess it's just you know they i heard that there was a there was a high school in galveston that they basically had to shut down or something because all the kids were playing chess on their phones and you know they had to turn off the internet you know because they were they weren't participating in class and that's just that's amazing to see yeah we have a big community here texas is huge new york is huge chess wise too so i mean it's it's definitely grown a lot and you're seeing people with those kind of skills you know they do cross over to the kind of stem businesses that we're all trying to promote and sure attract more people into those fields and that kind of thing so i mean there's there's a lot of crossover when you go to the u.s chess national event you know they look a lot like america you know, there's a lot of all oh, kinds right. of people all stripes all monetary backgrounds and that kind of thing because it's doesn't cost a lot of money to get to a good level. Right. Well, I guess that, you know, that's similar to, to economic development as well. It doesn't, uh, you know, and, and any community of any size, if they utilize the tools that they have and, and the resources that they have and the assets that they have, they can, you know, they can win. Yeah, that's true. I mean, a lot of people kind of forget that, you know, it's like you Getting the word out there, getting the word out there is cheaper and cheaper. If you do it right, you know, we're very active with, Social media has been a big equalizer for a lot of people in the internet because, mm-hmm. you know, you can do this, right? Instead of being in, you know, not to pick on the magazines, but, you know, you're in one of the site selection or whatever. It's thousands of dollars and that kind of thing. And only some communities can play in that level. Whereas right. internet Whereas everybody and, can, yeah. you know, can do their thing and, you know, get your message out there. So, I mean, it, has allowed smaller communities much more opportunity to kind of sell what they're selling. And the the changes that have resulted from the pandemic do seem to be helping smaller communities. Like there's more remote work than there was. It does seem to be pulling back a little bit, but there's certainly more than there was, you know, and there's just more interest. I think people, there was a breaking point for a lot of people. They decided that they wanted to, they wanted to, you know, they were going to do what they wanted to do, right? Yeah, you know, it's like if you had a dream, right. you're going to try to start doing that. And it seems like a lot of people do it. You're seeing the migration south. You've seen kind of more people starting businesses or changing careers or that kind of thing too, which is, I think, a result of just that. You know, it's you had time to think, and you thought that if you weren't liking what you were doing now, you tried something different. Plus the the reindustrialization of the of the U.S. That's going to have a you know, a big impact as we bring things, bring manufacturing back from China and the build back better and all that, you know, stuff out of the White House. Yeah, we've seen, I mean, uh, the big chip plant in New York is like 10 miles from where I grew up in Syracuse that remember going by that golf course a few times, you know, it's like, but I mean, we've seen it in Virginia too. The, um, one of the big projects here, which is in Southwestern Virginia is the nitrile glove plant that they've, right. 
you know, brought back that's like 2,500 jobs. You're seeing other kinds of things like that. Or people just thinking twice, right? You know, it's like before it was always going overseas, and now it's the supply chain is an issue. Like our port did better than most of the other ports in the pandemic, so the, we have seen a substantial uptick in traffic, about a million TEUs, as they call them. That's basically a container, you know. And, yeah, that's a container. Yeah. And lingo, but, you know, Norfolk's gone from 2 million and change to 3 million and change. So that equates to, you know, 10 to 20 million square feet of new warehouse space that people need to distribute stuff. So that's a lot of employees and that kind of thing. And it's, you're seeing this distribution. And, you know, as things shift, it seems like the East Coast ports are doing better because more of the traffic is coming from that way. So, I mean, it's like the, right. even a small community, I mean, you have to, you know, you not only work with what you have, you have to work with the world trends as they are. And as we saw with COVID, they can get upset the apple cart in a couple weeks, right? right? Very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> Interesting. So um, what's your day-to-day look like? You know, you, you know, what are you working on, you know, just day in and day out? We work on, um, I mean, we work on outside projects. We have, we're in the business center, so we have our, our tenants that come in during the day. So we have, we have a mix of inside, outside people. We're a four-person office, so it's a small team here. So um, we function at the business center. We also work on, you know, other things from time to time. We're at, um, we work on broadband, for instance. We're the administrator for the county's expansion of broadband that hopefully will be done in a couple of years and other kind of infrastructure projects to bring more industrial land in as we sell it. We've got to you know, kind of reload the chain, that kind of thing. So we're active with that, too, trying to <clears throat> kind of recharge and expand the pool of, of people like like a lot of places. We would love to have a mega site. We don't. We don't have anything quite that big, but you know, it's sure. those projects can take decades to get going. But you know, we do have a couple right, exits exactly. where we're trying to get a couple hundred acres so we can get, you know, the kind of projects that we're seeing in our region that locate pretty regularly. Sure. So, does your organization does it own land, or does it just market other people's land, or how does that work? We're not a we're not an ownership entity. So okay. we are we are strictly a marketing and development company. So the city owns the city and county both own business parks and we also work Mm. with privately owned business parks we don't at least as of right now have like a development corporation or anything like that we're the we're a not-for-profit marketing organization but we we nobody's taken that step yet that may be something that comes sometime in the future but that's we don't the city also owns the business center so we don't own that building okay we're in effect the management company, so we're sure. the leasing agent, that kind of thing. But we don't actually own the property. Interesting. So, um, how'd you get into economic development? You know, how did this become your career? I worked for a couple of years after college selling copiers. You know, that wasn't a lot of fun. You know, it's like the um, I uh, went to college for economic and political science, and then after a little real life experience, decided to go to planning school. So I. Got my degree in city planning from the University of Toronto, and always thought I'd be working in you know, some good-sized city someplace. And that sure. that that's not quite how it turned out. So the uh, 
Um, yeah, strangely enough, here is the first time I've ever worked in an MSA. It's, I did work in Ithaca, but we actually left like the week before they became an MSA, so it was rural when I was there. So the, uh, um, and then Greene County wasn't was not part of an MSA either. So it's like I've ended up with this career. Where I've kind of worked in community. I've worked in community development and housing. I was deputy director of housing authority for a few years, and then economic development. So I've always been kind of the fringe of the industry, but this is full-time economic development. When I worked in Greene County, I worked my way up to economic development director there too. So Right. So why the why the move south? Are you just part of that general trend southward? Yeah, I mean it got to a point, right? You know, it's like in I got to the point where I could take retirement in New York. Oh, right. And you get to the uh-huh. point, I mean you get to the point where you're either going to do something like, like I said, with a lot of other people, I can relate to this clientele. You're either going to retire and do nothing or you're going to try to do something. So I decided to try a, another opportunity. So I went out and looked and ended up here. I wasn't geographically specific in the search. You know, it just was, it couldn't be another public agency in New York. Right. It could have been a private one, but it turned out I ended up. I end up here, and it's been a good fit. So the that's excellent. But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't family related or anything like that. But you do get to these like inflection points. You know, it's like when I was up in New York. That's one thing we always you learn that that was kind of the market. Like you get people people will move when their kids are going to start kindergarten or when they're out mm-hmm. of school or whatever. And it's like you've got to find those ways that you can make your marketing hit the people that'll work for you the best. You know, it's like the, a lot of it's really kind of scattershot, but it's retirement communities are good at this, but a lot of other communities are not. And it's like, you, you can't, it's really hard to move fourth and fifth grade people with like elementary or middle school kids, unless they have to go for Mm -hmm. some reason. And it's like, we worked hard and we do here to be a little more, a little more focused when it comes to that stuff. Well, for economic developers who are sort of new to the industry or, you know, who are young, what advice do you have for them? What should they know that they don't know or they don't even know that they don't know? Try to get as many experiences as you can. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. the, you know, when I came into this business, it still was kind of the art of the deal, right? Everybody was penciling, Mm -hmm. you're, you're chasing smoke tax and you were, you know, and there's, that's still part of it, but so much of it now more is, People trying to start businesses. Do you have the workforce? People didn't worry about workforce 30 years ago very much. It was like people were worried about being laid off from a manufacturing company. Right. You were trying to get that. So it's like, you know, housing too. People didn't really worry about that, that that was just, you know, that would happen, right? Like magic. And now when you put together a deal those when you go to the public those are the questions that you're going to get it's like where are these people going to live who's moving in you know all this kind of stuff that didn't really exist in the industry you know 30 years ago it's just it's a different thing but yeah just try to get more experiences it's like the because you never know where you'll end up in the industry you could end up in main street you know there's a lot of different facets to economic development you know, right. people work in utilities, people work in, you know, for a regional agency, that's a different look than a local agency. So it's, or the state, state level, you know, it's like, but yeah, the more, 
more experiences you have, the more you can relate to, you know, the different kinds of people you're going to be dealing with because you, you have no clue who you're going to be dealing with. You know, the door is open. I mean, I mean, like global concentrates from Turkey, you know, we had never really dealt with Turkey, you know, it's like the, and you know, that's opened some doors that might pay off for us. And it's like, but, but you know, you, that wasn't the plan, right? But that's how it happened. <clears throat> you know, and then once you get that, you, you try to, you know, is there other things you can do in this, you know, in this space or whatever space you end up, end up with. Right. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta play the board, right? You gotta, yeah. you, you just work with what you've got. You yeah. Know? The board changes, you know, it's like Turkey is now Turkey A. So we try to emphasize that. Yeah. I mean, they, countries don't right, change right. their names that often, but Turkey, yeah. So that, and they've had their own economic issues so that we've, you know, related to them. So it's like, you know, in Franklin, there were a number of people that, you know, had well wishes and that kind of thing when they had the earthquake, you know, because now we have a connection to that sure. wasn't there before that is there that, you know, that kind of people to people thing that you will see in other places and other communities. But, you know, foreign investment in the United States is just just seems to really be booming and there's a lot of interest. So your community has to be open to that at some level to maximize you know, what's going on. Sure. That, yeah, that is absolutely the case. And, you know, our natural concern yeah. about where people are going to live sort of sometimes carries over into this sort of not fear, but sort of concern about outsiders because they're taking our housing, they're taking our jobs, they're taking our uh, child care in some places, you know, yeah, child care is another one. That's a that's a big issue. That yeah, are you having child care issues there? We do, we do. We keep that's something we have worked on a little bit that we keep trying to work on is to um, get the providers a little better. You know, it's there's there's waits at all the child cares. We had a couple open up and they basically filled up immediately. You know, it's that industry, and that's probably true almost everywhere, you know, kind of shrank during the pandemic, and then, you know, people that couldn't stay open, and then all, you know, all of a sudden, everybody's going back to work, right? So it's like the, the, you know, that issue is, is critical. I've at least personally aged out of the 5 to 18 group, but, you know, it's like that, I mean, but that's, that's a huge issue, you know, it's like, right. You know, people are less inclined to have kids if they don't have a path forward that makes that that provides those things, and you can't track those people. It's so interesting. Yeah, it's one of those things that we never ever thought about in the past. That, you know. No, it's just it, the job of yeah, the job of economic director's kind of gone from the the deal maker to the you know you're much more related to community development and. You know, depending on your area of public works or public safety, you know, whatever the local issues are that, mm -hmm. you know, affect you. Infrastructure, finding water is a big issue in our part of the world, which you wouldn't think, right? You know, it's, we're right yeah. by the ocean and have all these rivers, but, you know, the, the obtaining water is a challenge in Hampton Roads that we work on pretty regularly to find water for our sites. Oh, so why is that? The aqua, I mean, we're, we're basically a sandbar. I guess there's no other better way to put it. So that, okay, okay. um, Sam, um, so the, there's uh, several aquifers under the sandbar and then, so there's a limit to how much 
you can take out of them without depressing the land above them. Sure. And we've had we had paper paper industries heavy. We have a few heavy, heavy water, water users, users, so that yeah. you have these challenges, and then you've got other other cities. So if our water goes to Norfolk under an agreement that's like 80 years old, but you know we continue to work on you know, on water issues. You know, it's like that's one thing you didn't find in upstate New York. Water was not an issue. It's no, like, right, right. <clears throat> and that's I fascinating. wasn't really thinking it in Virginia either, but I've, we've learned. I've learned a lot since I got here. But you know, it's it's it is a challenge. You know, it's like that. You know, so that some there are places where you kind of gravitate toward logistics warehouse right you know low low infrastructure users and you can't have a yogurt plant you know or something right. like that you know because you're constrained in that area and you know other places the deck's a little different but that's you know that is something that we do work on a lot that makes sense well fabulous carl this has been great i've learned a lot and i'm sure that our listeners have too if they would like to reach out to you what would be the best way for them to do that? Our email is um, kheck at franklinsouthamptonva.com. It's all Thanks. one word. It's, it is a long email. It's like uh, my cell number is 757-579-9684, and we're at um, fscdivva.com. Excellent. You should change your email address to that, that good short URL. That's yeah, good. we... It's an old URL. It's like it that may happen at some point. Yeah. Well, wonderful. I'm so glad we were able to finally do this. Great. I've been trying for a long time. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Econ Dev Show with Dane Carlson. If you're an economic developer who never stops learning, for more expert strategies, fresh insights, and new ideas to take your career, organization, and your community to the next level, visit us on the web at econdevshow.com.